Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 254 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi everyone. How are you, Lauren? I'm okay. How are you, Daryl? I'm okay. How are you, Lauren? Um, yeah. No, I'm good. It's it's yeah. It's Sunday. It's fun day. You know. It's podcast recording day. Podcast recording day. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's just been weird. I've been sort of reflecting a bit this week, like sort of thinking about how I play games and stuff recently, and it does make me a bit sad. Like me and um, Vicky Boyce, who is from uh, Rebellion, uh, she does narrative at Rebellion, and she's really awesome. But we were sort of just talking about narrative games and how much we love them, but how little time we have for them at the moment, which is such a shame. Like, I I love narrative games, obviously, Final Fantasy, but, like, I just, time is escaping and I want my bite-sized treats of game. It's true. It's so true. Um, based on how things have gone, yeah, like, I... I mean, I never finished off uh, Yakuza mm. um, because I just couldn't. I knew that the final segment of the game was going to be like a two to three, maybe four hour investment, <laughs> and I, I was, I have no idea where I would find that chunk of time. Yeah, but I still really want to play through Final Fantasy X again. <laughs> I don't want to play a new. I don't want to get invested in a new experience. I just want to play Final Fantasy X all the time. I've been, yeah. Everyone on the Discord server is talking about Final Fantasy VIII, and I. Oh, I want to play that again. I haven't played Final Fantasy VIII since it came out. I know. It's been over 20 years. And I was in the same boat until finally I decided to grow a pair. And Well, you've played it twice recently because you played it uh, on Steam and then you did the remaster. I didn't play through all of the remaster because I didn't make it through. I got up until um, until Dalit. Uh, so the Dalit segment. And you're segment. just like, I hate this remaster. No, segment. no, no. The, there was a there was an other motive because we were doing a video on Final Fantasy VIII, and I was just like, I think it might have been Renoa's Origins. Um, and I was like, the remasters just come out. Let me get like spiffy, pretty footage of Renoa because I have the remaster. Let me record everything that I'm playing. I got up to Dalit, and then I just couldn't. I was just like, I can't. I can't get through this anymore. Like, I need to actually get this video out. <laughs> so I stopped, which is just sad. Life gets in the way. It does. I mean, like, you know, we, we generally have a, a consistent uh, gaming focus in our household. Mm -hmm. um, we're always playing something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, you know, uh, either if it's like a, a small mobile game or something. There's generally something going on. But like I haven't touched the PS5 in like three weeks now, I think. Yeah. Which is uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, like I definitely, I haven't, I can't even remember the last time I played an RPG. Mm. Because they just, they take so much time uh, and the investment required and, you know, it might take me like a month or two to get through it, which is, which is okay. But, but, but it's that kind of daunting prospect that, you know, an RPG is generally going to be like a 20 to 40 maybe even longer hour experience yeah yeah it's true because we have persona 5 yeah and we both neither of us want to like do it <laughs> no we, we do neither it. of us want to start it i really do feel like if i was on the switch though i feel like i'd play it oh if is it on the switch i don't know but i feel like that's kind of been my my transition but recently only, but you've been playing small indie games on the switch i know 
I know. Not, not like it's been bigger, amazing. bigger budget games. My biggest fear with the Switch is because Ali shares it, I don't want her to open up the open up a part of the game where I've like left it and then it's like something that's gonna scar her for life. Cause like I was playing She's generally okay at not well, opening things that aren't hers. No, it's just the fact it's just that whole thing of like like when you resume a game and then it's like the first the screen that you left off at. Like I've been playing through uh Return of the Obergen and like that game is all about death <laughs> and um there's a lot of like gruesome deaths in that game so i was just kind of like i don't want her to turn on the switch and then immediately see some guy with his head blown off that's a very conscientious <laughs> i think so and there's a lot of adult themes in persona 5 unfortunately well i mean i don't think she would really understand those themes yet no <laughs> i would hope not but yeah so basically the moral of the story is lauren needs another switch now and she's not going to get one oh, come that, on that's the, that's the conclusion of the this moral was of the-, the settled this was the settled switch daryl this was the only switch that we could get because they were all sold yeah, out and now you've lost one of the thumbstick covers i did not lose it a child lost it that could also be me <laughs> 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 but- <laughs> but no no but anyways it like let us know if you if you've sort of felt the same like have you have you been struggling to sort of start up new uh jrpgs are you playing um are you playing the same there's ones? quite a few coming out in the near future i think i know mm. that tales of arise comes I'm, out we in... haven't even played octopath traveler which is apparently like so well regarded yeah Although we are I horrible. Have, I, no, hang on a We're minute. We're horrible hang JRPG on a fans. It is well regarded and everyone talks about it because of the graphical style. But I did also hear mixed things about Octopath Traveler. Mm. It's not all like sugar and rainbows and stuff. Mm-hmm. There are there are um, issues that people have with it. Uh, There's and, issues and that people the, have. Well, I think one of the issues that I've heard is that, you know, it, it is a huge, huge time sink because... Mm. It's the branching stories. It's it's very similar to um, the after years, but done better, from what I understand. Um, but you, yeah, like because there's like eight protagonists, and they all have their own individual storylines, and yeah. each one is like ten to twelve hours long. So it's it can be a very time consuming game, from my understanding. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny as well because like I don't even try with like The Sims anymore. I literally cheat all the time. It's like oh they're hungry, I'm not gonna let them go get food. I'm just gonna cheat and make them happy because i can't i mean it's the thing like you know you and i have have kind of um we've uh we still love them don't worry guys all you people out there we still love them we do um but i think we've just kind of gravitated towards more bite-sized experiences so like hades was great yeah Um, you know that the games where there's like a a finite end and i've been playing returnal um but i've taken a break from that but you know but you did at least like kind of finish it i finished act two Mm. And and that was only because I had a really good run and I ended up staying up, up till like eleven o'clock at the night. And this is why we don't do this anymore because it's yeah. It's you I started with our I, like I had not been do, having very successful runs and I was like you know I think it got to like half eight and I was like I'll, I'll just do one more maybe I can uh, grind one of the weapons out or, or get something new a new item or something in my next playthrough because I'm not going to do very well and then I ended up doing really really well <laughs> and yeah like I. I think the the run lasted like two and a half hours. Jeez, and I was like, oh, whoops. And then, 
I think I was, I think I felt confidence. It, it, it happened twice actually. The two successful runs I'd got one to kind of get to act finish act one and one to finish act two. When I finished act one, I was really unconfident about whether to stop or not. And then I found out, yeah, it's, it's all good. It kind of resets. Fine. Turn off that PS5 immediately. Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then typically what happens whenever there's like a late night gaming session, the kids will wake up throughout the night guaranteed. Yep. Guaranteed. Yeah. And I think that last one I did, they woke up two or three times. So in the morning, which they then again woke up at like six o'clock, I was absolutely wrecked. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> yep. It is not fun. But, you know, our kids will get older and then they too will suffer the same pains that we have suffered I mean, today. it's kind of getting to the point where Ali is is really kind of old enough to start experiencing some of the earlier Final Fantasy games. Mm. I mean, so many people, uh, I mean, you yourself um, have gained exposure to Final Fantasy games like, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Most of the time, the story is always that they have no idea what was going on. It just yeah. looked kind of cool. Yeah, you just kind of skip through all of the all of the text and just kind of hope for the best, <laughs> which is just terrible. But like, yeah. But now I, I've I've replayed and I understand them fully, mm, which is usually the case. Um, you know, I, I've been speaking to some people recently, and it's the same with like Final Fantasy X, where I mean that's a very complicated game on. Like, not on the surface, but once you start diving down a bit deeper. And yeah, like, I think people typically that played Final Fantasy X around that age and, and like, you know, even early teens, there's so much that would just go over your head. Yeah. that's the, 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 And that's why Titus has this reputation of being a whiny. <laughs> He's adorable. He's adorable. All right. So today, after our very long rambling intro... I am going to let everyone know that we are talking about the importance of world building mm. as a topic that Lauren passionately suggested today. I was like, Lauren, what are we going to talk about? And she said, we should talk about our favorite locations mm. in the franchise. So that has become the importance of world building. Mm. And, I think it's a very good option. And I think it's today, yeah. So we're going to, to break it into numerous categories to make it a fleshed out conversation. But before we get onto that, we are going to do our Patreon shoutouts for our executive producers, and we're going to kick things off with Lewis James, whose Twitter is at LJ Composer, Zach Duranto, Rachel Castadon at Drunken Vieira, Barry Norton at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Deemster Seventy Three, Miles Ribbons, Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Name Jim, Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson, Ryzen, Thorin Bullen at Massacre Twenty Three. Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bilal, Chris Pope, Freya Stella, Jared Brayland, Marco Lilu, and Gregory. Yay! Thank you all so much, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Okay, before we actually get onto the discussion, there was something else I wanted to talk about. <gasps> we have just done a huge revamp of our Discord server, and, um, you know, we are really trying to, I guess, modernize it. So there's new roles now. You can select the game that entered your. Well, the first mainline game that you played in the franchise. I know there's people that came in at like Crisis Core mm-hmm. or Advent Children even. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about the first main numbered game you played. Um, we've also kind of condensed the channels down a bit. We're going to be using threads a lot more. There will now be daily discussions that I will put in place every single morning. The ones we've had so far have been about favorite protagonist. When we think we're going to see more news about Final Fantasy 16. 
And yeah, if you if you're interested, then you can join. I think the link is discord.gg forward slash FF Union. Yeah. Um, if you just type that in, then you should get redirected through to our server. Um, the other thing we wanted to talk about was the potential for us doing stage events. So stage is kind of like a their Discord event platform. So unlike the normal voice chats where anyone can talk in a stage event, it's down to the owner and then they can specify certain people to talk. So it could be that, you know, uh, Laura and I do a small panel or uh, one of the things that we've been discussing is uh, something called story time where each week uh, either Lauren or myself or, or someone else can basically host a talk where they're telling a story and the story would relate to something to do with the Final Fantasy franchise. So one of the immediate ones that I thought of was I could talk about the first time that I met Yoshinori Kitase hmm. and uh, kind of that whole experience of uh, going to a Dissidia preview event, uh, my first games journalism event. Mm. Um, so yeah, like it would be kind of a once a weekly thing. I, we haven't specified or thought about the days, but it would probably be like a 45 minute uh, hour long chat. And then, you know, the whole point is that everyone can listen to these crazy stories and then um, chat along and talk to me while I'm uh, talking about it and I can answer questions and respond to people. So it would kind of be like we kind of were on the Twitch, but we wouldn't be playing a game and you wouldn't see us. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot easier for us to manage. And, you know, obviously one of the reasons why we stopped the Twitch was just because it was just too too much for us, you know, committing to like two, two to two and a half hours. The... Um, the visual side of things as well made it more complicated because you know the girls waking up and stuff and having to disappear and it required both of us as well so yeah i think we're, we're gonna try and and dip our toes with stage and we will share more information around that when we actually make a decision about what we're going to do yeah yeah and i have stories too you know that's what i said i you have and a I. life i have a i have interesting things that happen in my life and I'm sure people would be very excited to hear them. <laughs> Why are you so sniffing? Too. I don't know. I have a really bad night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it seem like I excluded you from this, Lauren. Maybe you did. Subconsciously. Subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with that all out of the way, we're going to now go into our topic, which is the importance of... Reading the outline. Okay. Let's try this again. The importance of world building. There we go. We got there in the end. Thank you so much, Lauren. You're welcome. (laughs) It's not just the importance of reading the outline. It's the importance of listening to what we discussed five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a good show, everyone. Yeah, we got it. Okay, so we're going to break this into numerous categories. So um, it's not just going to be... I guess like it's going to be a discussion and we're going to use worlds as a frame of reference for what we're going to talk about. So we're going to be um, looking at the world that Lauren and I, because uh, there's probably going to be differences of opinion here, the worlds that we feel have the, the best diversity of locations throughout, the ones that have the, um, the greatest sense of scale, the ones that um, kind of feel the most lived in. And also the ones that have the best atmosphere throughout. So I think the probably the best place to start is that diversity of locations, because you know even since Final Fantasy One, every single world map and even Thirteen, like <laughs> very linear, but even that had different locations you could visit. 
what what has been based on kind of your Rolodex? What has been the world that you've uh, experienced that you felt had the the greatest diversity of locations? And by that, I guess um, the uh, you could go from here to here and feel like you're in a completely different place. Mm. Um, like it, it, like there was there wasn't just a kind of like a uniform approach. Mm. I mean. It's hard because all of them, all of them are quite like have quite a lot of diversity. Um, I know. I mean, yeah, heck. I mean, you even know. Final Fantasy One, you go yeah. into like. Well, you have like caves versus not caves. Well, no, <laughs> you even you go up into the sky. There's yeah, like the technology. True. Like it's true. Like Final Fantasy Four, you you go on the moon. Um, the moon. <laughs> I guess maybe I'll have to say like which one I kind of like which diversity I kind of liked the best. Um, but I would have to say I really liked Final Fantasy VIII for diversity of of areas. I just really loved the towns and um and the places you could go. I mean, you had not only um Balam Garden, which was just huge. You had like the small town of Balam, which was really sweet and like a seaside town. But then you also had Dalit. Um, you had like places like the Tomb of the Unknown King that is just like unlike any other area in the game and you could get lost in it. Uh, you had um, Esther, which was just extremely, extremely like technology focused and um advanced in comparison to when you go to like someplace like Belan, but that you could also explore um Galbadia Garden as well, which was very huge it was huge. Um and then there's the is it the Shumi village up in the north as well? Like yeah. there was just so many different places you could go to and it just felt endless um in terms of just possibilities. I would definitely agree with that. And I think one of the really nice things about Final Fantasy VIII, again, was that they chose to have locations and, yeah, they were very diverse. Like in Fisherman's Horizon, yeah. it was a really nice place to go. I mean, you've got um, uh, Dealing City as well. And um, like, and they were the, cool as well. The, the orphanage. cities were just so, so cool. And yeah, like, like they, they, they kind of had that nice sense of scale. Like mm. there, there was that huge layer of diversity across all the different locations you went to, but they all had that that nice sense of um like the city felt like it was a city mm-hmm. like you when you were going through um the the opening uh, mission um you know you, you're going through like the streets and you can see all like the different shops and stuff like and you can hide in a pub like there's like the the kind of square that you hide mm-hmm. in like in in um logistical sense like you know in that opening mission there's probably like four scenes mm-hmm. that you you have because you've got like the beach landing yeah. You've got like the, the the street. There's there is the town square and then there is the um the bit where you're uh going up to the tower. That's like it. But it still felt like a really great place and they also you got to see it from different perspectives because you see it when you're coming into the mission on the boat so you get to see this kind of scale of it. And yeah, like um dealing city as well was was really great in terms of like you Again, you you get to see like the shops and the streets. There's cars. There's people walking around. That you go into like the bar and like you get this kind of this this sense that yeah, like the, the different the different parts of the world are very unique in mm-hmm. what they do. But somehow it all makes sense that they 
they function together. Yeah. And I think it's something that like, you know, obviously they couldn't do it without like cutting some corners in the sense of like they they would um like design the background and it's it was kind of like its own sort of picture almost. You were just kind of running around a picture almost. Um but like that didn't really matter. Like it didn't it actually looked really pretty uh with the fully rendered backgrounds um you know it just and uh, i guess the other thing was that like they chose to in some cases insert cg animation behind where you're running and stuff which like in some in some areas it worked in some areas it didn't but like i just think that the areas that it did work in just it almost looks seamless i mean i know the scene that you always talk about is the um the uh the war the fight yeah, when you were like yeah the gardens yeah the uh fight of the gardens like it just was um yeah i just i i i love the world of um i love the world of eight even if like sometimes the graphics in at least the older version um don't really stand up um i still I still liked what they tried to do with it. Yeah. Um, in terms of graphically, though, I also really, <laughs> I sound like a broken record all the time. I mean, I really love nine. Like, don't get me wrong. Like nine is also really good. Um, but it all, it all does feel sort of samey. And I think that that's just because of the nature of the environment that they're in. And in terms of just like, um, it's all fantasy. It's like, it's just all fantasy. Whereas eight was just like, there's you know all these different different types of places um but yeah nine had really had really good areas um and then but but 10 was was sort of my favorite and i know that there was a similar theme sort of running through all the towns some of the npcs were similar in some areas to others but like it still didn't really matter to me i just i really i really loved exploring exploring spira and um i was thinking about 10 as well but then it's weird because even though 10 has lots of locations because you have like yeah besaid kilika luca zanakand makalania and the various temples jose i i didn't feel as though like they're they are all very different yeah because of the different people but like when you were talking about ten, it, it really made me think about how well they did in that in that game of, mm-hmm. of making it feel like this world was huge. Mm-hmm. And but but they did it through this diversity because like ten always kind of it's one of the criticisms that people have about how how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. You have like Mumbas and and the Shumi and like the Esther people are you go to the moon, that's a fully fleshed out yeah. part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden there's this huge space station that yeah. like you know, like like there there are so many like random pockets of things. You've got the deep sea research center. Ultima Sea's castle. Mm-hmm. Like there like that that game is all over the place. Yeah. But it all seems to like connect in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Final Fantasy X, outside of uh, original Zanakand, Dream Zanakand, everything else is kind of like similar-y, yeah. you know? Like yeah. Lucas, I'd say the only place that, that feels a bit more vibrant, but that's obviously because of the narrative in terms of they can't have too many people dwelling in a similar space. I don't know why they can't if they're further inland. 
but yes, beside the point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was, I was actually going to say, I think before you started talking about eight, I was, I was kind of torn with, with seven uh, to a degree because Mm. I don't think any other game has done what they did with seven and Midgar because Midgar was huge in terms of its focus and Midgar itself had a ton of diversity in terms of the locations featured throughout because you had the top and the bottom plate in the seven remake they've gone into more uh, around that and like even once you left there you had that kind of weird like you know that technology is very abundant Mm. in because of Midgar but then you as soon as you leave you're like going to the Chocobo Ranch with the the, the billy and stuff and like junin was like an a, like a really cool uh designed location yeah. you go over to the other side uh you've got gold saucer like there's not ever been anything like gold saucer since, yeah really. they like tried in 13 and then it was just kind of yeah, like okay Nautilus. well you can't actually do anything here that was like the biggest disappointment of that place is that like there's just all this stuff looks so awesome but you couldn't actually like play or do anything. Yeah. Like you couldn't. There was no like mini game fun stuff that you could do. Such a waste. But yeah, like you go to the other continent. You got the gold saucer. You got the desert prison. Um, you, Rocket Town, mm-hmm. which is like completely different. You've got um, uh, Nibelheim, obviously, which is very similar to Calm. Um, you had Cosmo Canyon, and then obviously you've got like the crater Wu Tai. I I feel as though like. It, it was it was similar to eight in terms of like how they tried to have all these different locations. They had a lot more smaller towns. I feel in seven mm. like Medil and Gongaga and like those kind of places, um, and like yeah, even the small ones with like the Chocobo Sage, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and like Temple of the Ancients. Like they they were. I feel like yeah, they did they did a good job with like the dungeons and like kind of masking the dungeons. And yeah, like I think Final Fantasy seven had that diversity. But just in a different way. Yeah. Because there was so much focus placed on Midgar and, and like that had so many kind of mini locations. When you go out into the world, you see like this whole this whole breadth. But I think Final Fantasy VIII made it, even though the world was huge, they made it feel not huge. Yeah. It, everything felt kind of more close connected because there were a lot more locations that were built out. Mm-hmm. I think like, it's, it's a shame as well like, in, t- in that regard because you mentioned 13 and... Yeah, there were there were different locations you go to, but they didn't really have too much significance. Mm-hmm. And even fifteen as well, like you know, you, you have insomnia, which you basically never spend any time there until right at the end of the game, which they end up fleshing out further with Roll Edition. But other than that, it's like Lestalem mm-hmm. and and uh, the Niflheim Empire, like towards the um, and and Altissia. Mm-hmm. But like, even though those locations are technically big in scale they feel small like the world of final fantasy 15 feels small yeah and it it doesn't feel very diverse yeah yeah no it was like um yeah it, it just felt really empty in a lot of parts and i almost kind of feel like it was because it was just too overwhelming for them to do more um because, like, you had that sort of sequence, like, the kind of lawless and to a full sense of security with um, episode Duskai when you had that little situation with the couple fighting and stuff. And, like, it's those little moments that make that make worlds feel lived in. And um, there just wasn't a lot of that. And it wasn't as much of that in Final Fantasy XV that I think we 
we could have done we could have done with because yeah the um, world the world in 15 is technically huge like it is, it is yeah. huge it just didn't really feel like it had that much scale and maybe it is it is slightly the problem with um the problem with voice acting because like in older games you'd have to walk up to an npc to hear from them and like if no matter how many times you talk to them they'd say the same thing and like that's fine whereas in this like they try to make it seem natural but they just are they just are constantly repeating Mm. themselves um particularly like with the with the four main characters it's not normal (laughs) <laughs> you hear it all the time and you just be like uh, okay gladiator. why why are you saying this again you don't have to say this again but i think yeah, like, but, the um, stalem is like the biggest kind of place you can go outside of insomnia yeah from what i remember remember <laughs> yeah um, and even that like it didn't feel that big like there's not too many places you can do there's not really much you, you can actually yeah you know, and it is a shame that like insomnia like we couldn't actually explore that much um you know, like it was that was like a huge set piece of the game. Obviously, that was supposed to be the original, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be the whole introduction sequence. It would have probably been like Midgar. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, I think it was just too much for them. I think it just was. It's one of those things with like the the newer games that you just it's it's an Everest to try and try and um, achieve the same kind of scale that you have in the older games with this new way of doing games yeah this open world way so so like i feel like we've kind of covered scale inadvertently already yeah um so what about like the 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 feeling lived in which world do you feel as though felt it had the most life Mm, in any game yeah i really the the world that i always i always love to go in is it probably is luca like i just luca has such a good vibe from it i just really love walking around luca um and i yeah i just i just it always for me harkens back to like the older final fantasy games because it has like a pub it has the little movie theater place where you can watch all old fmvs and listen to music and then you can also play blitzball um and then there's a lot of different locations you can go to I also really love um, Kilika and uh, Final Fantasy X-2. Um, it's just really pretty. <laughs> I just think it's such a it's such a lovely um, design of a world. Um, and yeah, I just I just think those two locations just make me like I just I always love I always love visiting them. How about you? I I think that probably a combination of like eight nine and ten mm. and i like we haven't spoken about 12 really yet and mm. and i do feel as though again that that is because of the way that they handled the world map like there are like rabanasta is probably like the standout location and yeah it definitely feels like there's a lot happening rabanasta but i think because maybe because of the art style and because you, as you said the the introduction of voice acting and the conversations that kind of happen around I always felt like w- w- when I was in those locations, I I wasn't really too bothered about what was happening. There was a lot of stuff happening in the background, but I just didn't really ever pay too much attention to it. And I think as you go through uh, 12, a lot for me, a lot of the, even though it was really large in scale, a lot of it kind of disappeared into the background. 
Whereas with like, I think nine especially, it was the first game really where they went back to having traditional castles and it was the first time they'd done it in 3D. And what I really loved about nine was that in, in like in the older games, you'd see it, right? When you're going up to a, um, a, a castle, you'd see like the the typical um, setup that a castle would have where you've got like the main focal point and then there's a village kind of on the outskirts surrounded by a big wall. Mm. But in a lot of those games, you couldn't actually access the village. Or if you did, it was like a, it didn't really feel like it was connected to the castle. Whereas what I think that they did really well in nine was with Alexandria, there was the castle and there was also Alexandria and they felt really connected. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they made Alexandria feel large in scale. Yeah. And like a proper, like a proper kingdom and Lindblom as well. I think they did a, such a good job with, with making those places feel lively mm-hmm. and i think one of the ways they did that especially uh in nine was uh, alexandra was at the beginning of the game obviously you're focusing on vivi you get to see what it's like to be on the street yeah and then you go completely the opposite and then you get to see what it's like to be in the castle and i i feel as though those the, like that kind of um that switch really made the world of final fantasy nine feel lived in because you don't just get to see everything from one perspective. Like even when you're in Dali, you get to see the kind of like what's going on on the surface of Dali. And then you get to see like it's kind of seedy underbelly of what's happening. Limblum is very similar as well. You get to see stuff from the perspective of the castle, but you also get to go on the city streets and walk yeah. around and, and do quests and stuff. You get to do like the um, Festival of the Hunt where you get to see more of the city as well. So I feel as though like nine had a really like good vibe a good vibe to it because mm. and i feel as though it, in some regards it's slightly better than 10 because 10 had its its dead points too mm-hmm. like yeah besaid like Kilakar and luca were great but then like guado salon is just dead yeah like clearly there's still guado living there there's they didn't just disappear but you never yeah, see yeah. like any really when you're there like macalani is, is kind of similar Bavel is is also kind of. I mean, I know that part of it is because of the narrative reasons, but like once you once you get past that Luca segment, like really you don't have too much interaction with people. Yeah. But I think that Final Fantasy X had a really really great. It still felt like a really fleshed out world. Yeah. Mainly because of Luca though. Yeah. Like Luca was that kind of central point. Yeah, because like the Calmlands, especially, it's just like, like no one gets that far. There's a hut in the middle of the yeah thing like it's just it's so far away there's no one in zanakind other than unsent people yeah like <laughs> there's no one on mount gagazet other than ronzo and they only kind of migrate to one small portion and then they get killed spoilers spoilers for a game that is like almost it what, is is 20, 20 years, years old? old like come on uh, but anyways yeah like no i totally i can totally agree with that i mean yeah nine is nine although like in terms of of diversity and like i mean it did it was a choice in the sense that like it it all feels the same which is not a negative that's not a negative bit of it um but because of that it just all felt like it felt like they could have more fun with connecting the worlds and making the worlds feel i mean it does have a similar um problem to 10 in that regard because mm. you have alexandria you have dali you have limblum outside of those three locations 
I mean, like, there's not really anything going on. Like, Madain, Sari is just everybody's Ico. dead. Ico's in there. Burmese, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like Burmese and Clara, like everybody's not, just dying. Not the best of locations. And then, like, yeah, you you obviously have the Black Mage Village, which is nice. But like, you know, out, outside of that, when you go to like Terra Brambal, it's they're all genomes that don't really say anything. Yeah. Um. So like I, I feel as though yeah like it, it's kind of pockets. I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel as though there is a game in the franchise that has really nailed that notion of like creating a world that feels really alive. Mm. They've each done different parts that are really good. I think maybe eight has probably got the most well rounded mm-hmm. because no matter where you go in that game, no matter how far you've progressed, apart from like Ultimacy's castle, obviously. Um, but even there you get to see like the other seed people like beforehand like when you're in esther tons of people like mm. uh fisherman's horizon feels like a, a like a, a nice place balam's <laughs> great like dealing city is great timber's great like although one thing that we are kind of forgetting is final fantasy 14 mmos yeah yeah like final fantasy 14 when you go into one of those like pubs and it's filled with people getting their quests and stuff it just it's just nice it's just really cool it's um, a different kind of uh thing yeah, though, isn't it yeah but it's it's i think it's really nice when you go like to um uh when you go to like the big cities and then you see everybody sort of scattered about i would say that in terms of the breadth of scale yeah like the mmos do such a fantastic job because I remember, and it's probably the same for other people as well. Um, you know, when I played Final Fantasy XI, a lot of that was about walking. Yeah. You, you couldn't cut corners. You could get airships, but when you were a certain level, you you don't have access to them. I think you had to get to rank five before you got your airship pass. So up until that point, you're, you might be relying on chocobos or you're walking mm-hmm. from location to location. And you there's always a risk involved with walking to places you don't know. <laughs> because you're gonna encounter things you don't really know you know they could get aggro but i remember like the first time you go to junan uh sorry junan the first time you go to juno you see it kind of on the landscape and it's this huge hulking place and you go there and it's this whole new location you can go to and then like in 14 as well i remember playing version 1.0 and um i think it may have been no not gradania uh the other man i can't remember the locations mm-hmm. um but the, the kind of like the more um industrial city where it's a really long bridge you come out of it yeah and it was, was that no that wasn't lips and limsa i think it was that was it yeah limsa lemon oh my god no i know i know <gasps> i'm sorry sorry um yeah whatever it was um and then that what because we were playing 1.0 there was so much that was uncharted and, you know, we used to um, go on like quests where we'd explore just new areas and, and see what, what we can find. And I know that um, at that point, uh, I can't even remember what the, the, the big city is called that got introduced in like one of the later expansions, mm. but it wasn't available at that point. Yeah. You, could, you could kind of see it in the distance and yeah. like it just kind of like evoked all these thoughts about, you know, what is what that is place? It? What's what it going to be, be used yeah. for? Like, and, and like they're just going to in, in i mean my experiences are, are, are clearer with 11 but the first time you go to like tavnasia 
you get to see these new locations and new scenery, and and some of them are just beautiful、mm-hmm. in terms of how they're they're depicted. And,、yeah. and even when we have eleven, when you go to those new areas, it's just you you're seeing something new. There's like a new kind of landscape you've got to get used to,、yeah. and and、um, and obviously like what people have been playing for years, it's it's kind of second nature. But it's just un. When I like in the real world, when I'm going to new locations, I'm usually quite scared. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm、yeah. really worried. But, but in the MMOs, there's that sense of there's a sense of freedom. Yeah, you can kind of explore and just and just there's no there's not really any risk. Although <laughs> I just I'm just remembering that one that one dungeon that we went to. Remember the one we went to, and there was just Marlboros everywhere. That was. Horrible. I so it was one of those. It's one of those places where, like, um, if you don't know, it's like really mossy and really foggy, and there's a lot of places you can fall, and there's a lot of Marlboros all around. Well, I could not, for the life of me, stay on the bridges or the cliffs that we were trying to walk on to get to this stupid dungeon, and I kept falling, like. Pretty much into a pit of Marlboros, and that was the scariest, most stressful experience. <laughs> oh, that was horrible! Yeah, no. So、um, Marlboros, Marlboros aren't fun in fourteen. No, no, no. But no. yeah, I, I think the, the MMOs like they really, they really bring out for, for me at least. They really bring out that sense of adventure,、mm-hmm. which I just don't have in in reality. I do wonder what、um, what. Like the sort of early, early areas of Final Fantasy XIV look like now in comparison to what they looked like when we were playing last.、Mm, that's true.、Like yeah. They might be quite empty now, unfortunately, but like, yeah, it would still be nice. No, I think there's still tons、yeah. of people starting off at the beginning again.、Oh, that's cool, then. But yeah, I think、um, that kind of wraps things up, Lauren. And you thought we wouldn't talk about this for so long. Talked about it for a long period of time. Well, I mean, it's、We、good.、Did. I think it's really good that you talked about the MMOs because it doesn't often come into our thinking. Just because、mm-hmm. I played Final Fantasy Eleven again almost like twenty years ago now,、mm. and fourteen is not our area of specialty. I know, but we need to. We really maybe that's maybe that's the thing that we need to play because of the fact that like. It's one that you、But、can just never, pick up. It's never ending. Like to complete the main story. Yeah, takes, but like, it is one that you can、ugh. just come into and play for like an hour and then stop. Well, is hopefully, is it Lauren? <laughs> well, it has to be. That that's what it has to be for us, Daryls.、Uh, and people, the people we already know, people who will help us. Do we? we need to go? Do we, Lauren? We do. <laughs> One day we, we will play fourteen. I'm sure we will, but、yeah. today is not that day. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this is the end. This is the end. C'est la vie.、Mm-hmm. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the seventh of September. Until then, be sure to check out FinalFantasyUnion.com for all previous episodes. And if you enjoy our ramblings, then please feel free to support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/ffkunion. For now, though. Time to say goodbye. Bye, guys. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>